a tragic event that just took place. At this point, everybody knows about the six killed in Nashville shooting. Uh, victims identified. Three of them were nine-year-olds. The names are given on this article. We don't need to go through the names. Two of them were teachers. One of them was a substitute teacher, 61 years old. The other one was a custodian. And the other one was 60 years old. The head of the Covenant School was killed by this girl that is a transgender, identifies as a transgender. I'll read this to you. A uh, uh, Shortly after 10 a.m., uh, okay, three adults and three adults. The shooter, 28 years old, Audrey Hale, who once attended this school, was killed after being confronted by officers. Below is what we know about this development. Shortly after 10 a.m. on Monday, a shooter opened fire at Covenant School, a private Christian school attached to a church, enrolling roughly 200 students from a pre-K through sixth grade with 30 faculty members. The Metropolitan National Police Department said the shooter who was armed with an AR-style rifle and an AR-style pistol and a shotgun. And how can she carry? <laughs> Entered the school through a locked side entrance after shooting the door down. The assailant shoot. Uh, Rob, if you can find a video, because there's a video of her walking in. Go to Twitter, type it in, you'll find it. Twitter's the easiest way to find it. The assailant shot at the victims in a lobby of the building. She targeted random students in the school. Whoever she came in uh, contact with, she fired rounds. Uh, the M MNPD chief, John Drake, the first call for the shooting came at 1013. Police officers quickly responded and shooter fired at officers through the window on the second floor. Police entered the building confronting the killer and shooter on the second floor. The, the attack lasted 14 minutes, according to the police. Early Monday afternoon, spokesperson of Vanderbilt University, Vanderbilt Medical uh, Center confirmed that three children sure. were taken to the hospital. Gunshots, has, uh, they've died from gunshot wounds. Let me see the picture with the father and the daughter. It's just, it's hard. This is yeah. tough, man, to see what's going on here. Uh, 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 it's, it's, it's tragic. Yeah, right there. Look at, look at her going through. This is, this is her. Um, how, it was how much female? It was a female that what, now that identifies as a to man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but let me explain something. Yeah, when the coroner shows up, reports. when the sh listen, the coroner shows up and they do the autopsy, it's a female. So let's just, let's just put that. To bed, but Pat, what were you, what you were just about to say? Well, you were saying, you said the moment this happened yesterday, you were driving past schools, and what did you see so, in front of a school so right you were off, driving past? Right off the rip, Pat, um, I drove by two schools on the way to my house. There's already cop cars sitting, and I'm pretty sure everybody in America is seeing this right now. There's cop cars without the sirens on, just like that cop right there, with their lights on as a deterrent, okay? And there's two two th two points I want to hit, Pat. Uh, Christy Prades, who, who writes for Valuetainment, um, she wrote an article called it's not a gun problem, it's a mental health problem. Mm. She talks about how, at what point, because let's be honest, okay, There's you're not going to take away guns from Americans because the moment you do a gun grab, the majority of the people like me, Pat, like you, that own legal guns, you're going to take all our guns away, and then you think all the gangsters from all the Chicago, and all, they're going to go, okay, you know what, the government asked for our guns, let's give it back. But she made a good point. I was talking to my boy Mike when we came in here, Pat, when are we going to address the opioid crisis, the drugs, the suicide rates going up. She did a she did a good part in this, which she was according. Fentanyl. Oh, the list goes on and on. The lack of faith about Christianity and no God. This is a Christian school, and I think she went. He, she, whatever. I, I'm not going to. She get to that. she went. She to went that to that school. school. Uh, Christy wrote this. According to Gun Violence Archives, there has been 130 U.S. mass shootings in the first quarter of 2023, 89 of them have been school shootings. The full number of shootings in 2022 counted 647. When are we going to take a, a, a little step back? Because you know automatically the government's going to say, up, oh, everybody, guns. Give me your guns, give me your guns. It was actually quite embarrassing yesterday. 
Joe Biden spoke and it, the, the shooting already happened. You know what he came downstairs and said in the White House? Pull this up. Pull this pull up on, on what he said because it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Should I, should I preface it, Pat? Yeah, go for he it. He comes downstairs, Pat, and he's joking. About, I get it, guys. He's, he's, he has dementia. He's out there. He tar- starts talking about ice cream and how he loves ice cream and how they have ice cream upstairs. And then he sees four kids and he's like, look at how beautiful these kids are. Make them stand up. It's like, what? What? So how tone deaf do you have to be? This is right after the shooting. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, my, go back. He goes, my name is Joe Biden. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. Six people just she's, died. She's not a doctor. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. Look at this. Um, ridiculous. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, what about the one? And then, and then he spots four kids in the back and he's like, Look, whose beautiful kids are those? Benny, was this for him to talk about the shooting? He's supposed to be talking about the shooting because, I mean, it happened. Regardless of what, he he addresses it later on, Pat, but let me explain something to you. The tone deaf of of this moment, yeah, he's lost it, but there's people that are dead. The first thing you should be talking about is that, not joking around. Okay, so right, by the way, check this out. No, just pause it. Whether he's going to talk about it or not, look at the time at the top. It's live. It's 2.43 Eastern time. This was at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. It's been four four hours and 43 minutes since the incident, mm-hmm. and you're joking. He's he's having a good time. Three about parents ice cream. lost a nine year old child. Okay, mm-hmm. a two sixty one year old teacher and a custodian, and a sixty year old dean of the school, head of the school. And you're joking about this? He's happy about, but not happy about it. I'm just saying. I don't know. And, and, I'm not saying she's, he's happy. No, no, he's not happy. I'm, he's happy. No, I'm saying, it, I'm saying he's he's tone deaf. <clears throat> and I'm going to say two things, Pat. And, and here's what it is. Besides the mental health that Christy was talking about, when are we going to, okay, can we at least try something different? I know when you have this conversation <laughs> of more guns, if you see a cop, Pat, if you see a cop car somewhere, and you know what? The, the target by where I live, there's a cop car, Pat, just chilling, sitting there. No cop is there. You know what that does? That makes somebody that's thinking about doing some squirrely shit, either shooting or stealing, I'm not going to go there. Why don't we try, for the sake of these kids, and God rest all the souls of all the people that passed away, mm-hmm. put so, some armed professional yeah. people just in the school? Listen, Why are we they talked, not there? We talked about this. We talked with Levick. We talked about this on a couple different podcasts. 99,000 public schools in the U.S., 60,000 a year, hired, retired military police officers. That's $6 billion per year. We give Ukraine $140 billion. We could have kept the kids for safe for another 14 years. By the way, I don't know the exact numbers, but that sounds about right. And we talked about why not make the investment to do that. 14 minutes is how long this person was in there before they 14 killed him. 14 minutes? You know how long that you is? Know what's 14, you know what's 14 minutes? So how in 14 minutes, how many places can you walk in this building in a parking lot? I can lot? walk up and down this thing for, 10 times in oh 14 minutes. In 14 minutes. So yeah. by the way, the fact that, and I know this is going to sound strange, it could have been... Way more than six in oh 14 minutes. Right. Okay, It could have been way more than six in 14 minutes. Question was asked of one of the uh, heads in charge saying, hey, what could you have done? You know, uh, the door was locked. Are you guys going to do anything different to put a cop in front of all the doors? You can't put a cop in front of all mm-hmm. the doors. So, you know, the risk is going to be there. But for, 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 for you to, I mean, you know how certain security you have in place to protect certain buildings that you walk in and it triggers something. There's got to be a better technology. Like, by the way, this is a great opportunity for an innovator and an entrepreneur to be looking at the same. There's a major need for this. Parents would support it. 
if the, this whatever technology you come up with, it costs X, Y, Z amount of money, that school can go to the parents and say, hey, for this much money, we can offer this kind of protection for the schools. Are you guys up for it? Private enterprise can do it. This is a private school. Public needs to go figure out a way to address this. Uh, but if it keeps happening over and over again, there's got to be a way to address this issue. Here. And why won't they? And Pat, if it keeps happening and you're not giving us any other, can we at least try something? Can we put armed professional, not PTSD veterans? Because like, like Pat, me, I was a cop in the military. You know I'm really good at shooting. Put somebody like me in there. Because think about it, Pat. Let's just say for, for devils that you're, you're, the, you're the shooter, Adam, and you're thinking about going to this school. If you know somebody like me, is in there, you might pick a different school. Am I right? What's this, Rob? So this is a bulletproof safe room that they've installed inside of a school in the United States Let's to see help it. students and teachers uh, in case of Can an active shooter. Can make it bigger? So 22 million views. Press play. Oh, wow. Oh, that's sick. Oh, wow. And then you just go in there in the corner. Easy. And then that's it. Oh, wow. That's, that's um, actually pretty good. Um, my point of view, whenever I first came in here and I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness. See, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, then now it comes down to cost. It comes down to a bunch of different things, but I love that. Yeah, I love for, for some like that to be in place. Go ahead, Tom. You know, when, when you defund the police, this is what you get. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later about Portland and what's happening to the economy up there. But there are private schools that are already doing things right now, and unfortunately... Um, you know, this one got through, but I, there were two things here. The number of victims or could have been was much higher. And I think these police also learned um, from Texas and what happened at Uvalde. Remember the police mm -hmm. waited outside and they were strategizing. An hour and 14 minutes they sat outside. <laughs> Correct. An hour and 14. We've been in these here for police, less than an hour. I, I saw yesterday said said these police were armoring up, running from the patrol cars, you know what I'm saying? The secondary armor, Pat, you know, and the helmet and everything. And they were going in and they were getting live briefing. They figured out where they were and they didn't take any moments. They were like, okay, second floor up here, in and up. So they didn't wait. The The police here, Pat, didn't wait. It was 14 minutes, which is 14 minutes too long. But they learned a lot from Uvalde about the local law enforcement saying, hey, you know what? I, I, I have to armor up and I got to get in and I got to be, be up. And I think schools need to understand it would not take you know, tremendous investment. There are schools already that I visit. You go through the front doors, which is like a weather door. It's kind of like in the Northeast where you have the weather door at a restaurant, and then you walk in, there's a second door, you know, that little square area. Well, the it is so easy to make those bulletproof and basically, you know, crash-proof. And then you have the little camera there. Anybody been to a school where you have that situation, walk through the first thing? Yeah. It's... It, 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 and one security guard, a roaming security guard, and the 14 minutes is going to come down to four minutes. It's just the willingness to do it. It's there. The cost is not huge, and it's the, so, the willingness so to do it. One side will say, "Take away all the guns. This will solve the issue." Okay. And then a mentally ill person's going to put, "Okay, let's." Thank you, Pat. I'm going to interrupt you on that. Timothy McVeigh went to a freaking Home Depot and loaded up a truck with fertilizer.
If you are it's mentally Oklahoma deranged, City bomb, yeah, right. if you are mentally deranged, you can find low tech common things to carry it out. Your car, it, you can it, just drive through a, a group of uh, on a playground. That's that correct. You yeah. can drive through. Oh, this has never happened. Drive an SUV through people celebrating a, a sports victory. Yeah, never heard of you that. You know, while yelling yeah. out the window, never yeah. happens. Yeah, the mental the, the, the people that are mentally challenged. We need to raise the American consciousness of. It's not just about when George Bush said, if you see something, say something, yeah. you know, about people, you know, certain people walking around and looking suspicious. This is we have mentally disturbed people in this country that need help and we need to harden the schools. And also we need to proactively be looking at it. And what you're talking about, about fentanyl, it's the, the this list is, is a multi point. Yeah, it's a multi point issue that that. People on the left just want to say it's all about the guns. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's you know, Pats. I, I feel like like this country used to be all about the children, love and protect the children. Kids, kids, yo, they don't got a freaking chance. They're getting sexualized left and right. You know what I mean? They don't give a damn about them in school. Like, bro, they're in school. You have to pro- protect these innocent people. And I'm sorry. And I I know. It, people from the left are like, what, more fire to step a fire? No, you have to stop the bad guys, and sometimes you got to arm the good guys to fight the bad guys. And I'm sorry, that's what it is, bro. Put me in that school. I guarantee you that person wouldn't have had 14 minutes to do shit. By the I'm way, you, 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 know, you know what's the one state that has the lowest crime in all of America that a lot of people are moving to right now and no one's talking about it? You know what state it is? I'll guess. Idaho, okay? Do you know Idaho is one of the states at the top with the most people who have a license to carry. It's 8%, mm-hmm. okay, license to carry. You go to a restaurant, there's 10 people there. Everybody's one of them is carrying, <laughs> yeah. okay? It's good. So good. guess what happens? You want to go rob a place? Go rob a place. So now to the people that are saying if we ban guns, that's the solution, no problem. There's something called data. Chicago leads the way, okay? Baltimore leads the way. You can go to a lot of these states and cities with strong gun laws and see how it's working out. It's called case study. If you go to a business school to get an MBA, an average MBA grad is going to go through hundreds of case studies that they look at. Here's Amazon case study. Here's Lululemon case study. Here's Apple case study. And you'll see what's working and what's not working. There's plenty of case studies for that, and people are going to lose their minds when you talk about this. Here's the other part. Pull up the tweet between the exchange between J.D. Vance and Keith Oberman. So watch this. J.D. Vance. uh, uh, Senator out of Ohio. Yeah. So we're still learning about the horrific shooting in Nashville. But if early reports are accurate, that's a trans shooter targeted a Christian school. There needs to be a lot of soul searching on the extreme left. Giving in to these ideas isn't compassion. It's dangerous. Look what Keith Oberman says. Number one, you're remarkably stupid and a hateful creature. Or B... Why don't you use that little brain power you have to explain the irrelevant reality here? This is an a, uh, alumni of a Christian school who targeted it, right? <laughs> so, so, so the back and forth of you know uh, uh, commentary with these guys. First, they don't want to identify this is a trans hundred percent individual, mm-hmm. okay? And and to go through that and try to normalize it is potentially causing some of this. It, it, I think the, 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 the Tom, when you when you see something like this exchange with our buddy and that article I sent you with the Tennessee, uh, what was the newspaper, the Tennessean, it, 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 where it says in there, if you read the article, it says 
The suspect, who police have identified as a 28-year-old transgender man, entered the school through a side entrance and began shooting. Identified, if you can just uh, uh, control F, control F, put transgender, you'll find that sentence. There it is. Put control F, identified as a uh, uh, identified as a 20-year-old transgender man. So here's here's what becomes when they're trying to play these types of games. <laughs> yeah, I'm so confused. There's a big difference between ideological beliefs and demands. Don't make me sit there and say, no, you have to be more compassionate. No, 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 no. You believe that. More power to you. Mm-hmm. This is happening. We have to give credence to that as well, that maybe there's some issues going on here mm-hmm. with individuals like this that are coming in wanting to do something. And the first thing you want to talk about is what? The first tweet Biden has right after this event, guess what it was talking about? Take gun away. laws. Yeah, take away your guns. Everybody was talking about of taking course. away guns. And not necessarily taking away guns. Yeah. It starts off with overregulating yeah. of guns is uh, 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 what, the, what the conversation starts with. Pa- pa- Chrissy sent me the, uh, a clip of Benny Johnson, who uh, Elon Musk liked. The col- this, this shooter was trans. The Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans. The Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. The Nashville shooter identifies as trans. There's something going on, like we said, mental. We have to check. That's number one. Everybody's always going to go for the guns. What the hell is going on with people, the younger? Suicide rate is at an all-time high. Mental disorders, all these problems. We have to go back to the person that's behind Mm -hmm. the trigger, not the gun itself. And until we do that, Pat, you're going to keep seeing this. They're going to keep killing innocent people until that changes. But do you think they give a damn? His job, their goal, the government, is to disarm us. The Second Amendment is for what? To stop from tyranny from your government. So when the government is telling me, give me your gun, I don't believe you. Do you think that's go, go happen, eat your ice going to happen in our lifetime? Taking no. away our gun? No. I, I don't think so, Pat. But And, and this is the thing. People were always like, well, they got lasers and they could kill you if they want to. But okay, could do all the laser stuff, but at least when you guys come to get me, I'm taking one of, one of them out. Mm-hmm. That's it. I want to have my gun. Do you think they're going to take guns away from us in our lifetime? No. I think it's going to be progressively regulated. And I think at some point in time, you're going to have the right mix in Washington and they're going to declare X number of weapons to be assault weapons. And you'll notice also in this article, did you catch the little AR style pistol? I don't know what an AR style pistol is. And what they're attempting to do is to create use AR almost as profanity or danger and apply it. You see what I mean? Yeah, assault rifle. Yeah, and, and which doesn't stand for assault rifles, but um, as you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, they don't. And I, I think in our lifetime, we're going to see... We're going to see that start. You don't need a machine gun to kill Bambi and other things like that is what you're, you're going to hear it. But I think we'll see that in our lifetime. But I don't think we're going to see a ban in our lifetime. I'll just say one thing. I, I, I don't think that we're going to see... Um guns being taken away but my biggest fear is that as as americans we're becoming desensitized to these types of tragedies okay because this is in the news cycle right now um by tomorrow it'll be gone Mm -hmm. and that's the reality of it whether it's columbine whether it's sandy hook whether it's uvalde whether it's parkland that was just 10 minutes up the street from here Mm -hmm. uh whether it's here in nashville it's like this is becoming part of Americana. 
And that is fucking disgusting to me. Mm -hmm. And what's the definition of crazy? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. So we need to figure out what solutions can be implemented aside from taking away guns. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that's a solution. I think that's a great idea of putting cops and security guards and ex-military in front of every single school in America. Mm -hmm. Why is that not already done already? Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a little contrarian view and this is sort of the antithesis of what our judicial system is, I think that if you commit a mass murder tragedy, your family should have to pay some I agree. repercussions I, for what this, you do. I agree 100%. And I know that's not how the legal system works. Yep. But at what point are we just going to say, oh, this psychopath came into school, we killed him, he killed six kids, ten kids, twenty kids, Kids. up, oh, justice served. Yep. What's going to happen to this person's parents? I agree. How did he get the guns? Who put him in the house? 100%. Who's taking care of this person? And I know there's going to be people out there saying, no, that's not how the judicial system works. Well, whatever's working right now ain't yep. fucking working. Yep. Something's right. got to change. Well, yep. you're right. It, and by the way, you can tell those people it is how the judicial system works. Find out what happens if you have a kid under 18 years old that goes in and breaks a window at a neighbor's house or or has a, a car crash or a neighbor's crash. Find out who has to pay for that. It's the parents, the mm -hmm. parents of that, of that under 18-year-old. And so you, you're exactly right. And I think people need to understand this is how the justice system works. And there are parents that are getting sued for the acts of their children, including assaults, under the age of 18. Good. Oh, but and, and, this and, person was 28. So who do you punish? Yeah, well, This person was a 28-year-old grown adult. Whoever their what? closest contact is. I, from looking at that picture, that person probably has a cat or multiple cats. You were taking all your cats. I don't care if it's their best friend. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's their aunt, their uncle, their grandma, their yeah. dad. Whoever You're, the closest person, person is. What's yeah. your logic? To this person. What's your logic behind that? Though, yeah, like tell I, me think, I'm, I actually because want, if you I kill the if you kill this yeah. person, tell me. Okay. Yeah. Who's paying the price? Yeah. I'm asking you. Who's paying the price? Okay. The families will be grieving. No. The children are dead. Totally get it. At what okay. point? At what point? Are decisions you make your decisions, not those who raised your raised you decisions? At what point? Obviously, you have to take ownership of the decisions you make. But we're talking about vengeance here and consequences. And we're talking I about consequences, consequences to, to the, to the and, shooter. You know, but the shooter doesn't care about consequences. That's why they're no, going no, into a shooter. No. You, I'm you assuming need to do is that I'm assuming that every person that does this has someone close to them. Yep. Come on. That they care about. Yep. Okay. And just follow the math. Who do they live with? Well, Who takes care a, of them? That's a different story. So let me show you a text exchange she had that day. I don't know if you guys oh, have seen the text or not. Let me send it to you. Uh, uh, Rob, did I send it to you or no? Okay, let me send this text to you and show this because this, this is disturbing. So somebody knew this was about to happen, and this is the part where uh, Adam's argument gets some credence. This person needs to be held accountable. If you can uh, show – I send it to your computer, and I send it to your uh, – uh, to your phone. This is the text exchange. Uh, 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 zoom in. This is from who, Pat? The this shooter. This is from the shooter. To somebody. So here. To so basically, that post I made on here about you that was basically a suicide note. I'm planning to die today. This is not a joke. You'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life. Audrey, you have so much more life to live. I pray God keeps and covers uh, and, and cover you. Cover you. And then boom. And no, no, like you have to be on the phone calling that needs everybody. To be a 911 call. 911 right and there. FBI, because this person, go to her. Whoever Aiden is, okay, step up, needs to pay a price. I agree. Okay, like, because. Why did you call the cops? Because if there is an understanding from 
Audrey, that, oh, if I do this, Aiden, who I love, will spend their life in jail, have ramifications. All you need to do is think twice. Like, something needs to happen here. Let me, but but at, based on the law right now, yeah. Aiden is not responsible for anything. Well, but, if, well, but, from, but from knew reason, that this was going to happen. Well, no, but see, I think this this text from Aiden, like, even if, listen, she, she he, she, whatever, I'm not going to get to this game. Uh, basically, I don't know if this person, this is a suicide note. If, even if you love this person, you got to go try to find out, help them, call the cops. Because this is like a, a cry for help, like, I'm going to kill myself. There was no mention about killing or, or shooting the kids. But, like, I think Aiden needs to be on the ball you, you like ever, that. You ever, had, you ever had people in your life close to you that said they're going to kill themselves? I had one person once, say, like, they were really, really close, Pat. I not only called the, the parent, I called 911, and I was speeding to their house to make sure that they are okay. They didn't do it, and they're doing great. The cops like, show up? Cops did show up. The bomb showed up. She was, <laughs> was hitting a, the person. Was it a real attempt? Was she uh, prepared? No, it was, he, it was he, he wanted to end it. He was on his, like, he was sad, depressed. How about you, Tom? I, I've never had someone say that. I've been around depressed people that said, I've contemplated it, but it was usually a very rational conversation where they were saying they contemplated, but no one called me at that moment and said, hey, I'm out of here. How about you, Adam? Um... Indirectly, yes. Okay. Like, not so. Not so, so th- sometimes, if you have somebody like this in your life, this is their way of getting attention, mm-hmm. and you don't know which one's going to be real and which one's not. Yeah. So one time, somebody did this to me one too many times, and it would ruin my day. Fear, concern. I had to go th- disruption at the highest level. So regular day. They say this, and you have to go to check what's going on. You have to check what's going on. Finally, I'm like, this last time, middle of the day, I'm in a business appointment meeting. This person calls and says, I just took this many pills. I'm taking my own life. And I said, no problem. I'm calling the cops. They're on their way. No, no, don't call the cops. No, I'm calling the cops. Cops showed up. Good. And cops went there, took this person to the hospital, took him to the mental hospital, got everything checked out, and... uh, uh, they said, you want to take your life? No, no, I don't want to take my life. So why are you telling this person you want to take your life? Long story short, that behavior stopped. When you have people like this in your life, they're, oh man, it's, it's not, it's easy to make the claims that you make, right? Like, you know, you talk about your father openly. Nobody knows the life you lived with him, right? Nobody knows it. You can tell the stories, but we're going to be like, come on, Adam, you know, we're like, no, I'm telling you, this is what happened to me. So who can take that away from you? Mm-hmm. Nobody can take that away from you. You you probably, no matter how many hours you took to try to explain to us what it's like, we're only going to know less than 5% of it. Is that a fair assessment to say we're going to know yeah. less than 5% of it? Mm-hmm. To have people like this in your I feel to me, I feel sorry for having people like this in your life. So how, what leads to people being like this? Okay, let's go through a couple things. I'm spitballing. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just openly talking. So what gets somebody to get to a place like this? One is upbringing. Yeah, okay? 100%. Which credibility. The credit there goes to parents, good or bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, schooling, where you grew up, the school you go to, uh, teachers, society, drugs, peers, drugs, teach, uh, 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 doctors. I had a dentist that was selling Vicodin to my friend, my best friend, he was selling Vicodin to, I went and found a dentist, I went and found a dealer, and I had a very interesting conversation with them, but I lost my friend by then. He committed suicide, he died, it was too late. So 
you know, who do you give credit to? Who, who gets responsibility for this? Mm-hmm. Parents? You know, some parents raise their kids well, and they go to a school, and somebody gets a hold of them, and you lost them. I had a, a good friend of mine at the house, the, the, the individual I spoke to about our, you know, before I started insurance company. This is the guy I spoke to, Bill and Beth, his wife. They were over at the house. We are having a conversation together. And he was saying, as a parent, whatever you do between 0 and 12, that's it. That stays. From the day the kid is born till 12, that's your shot at giving this kid a chance at life, like to make the right choices, the values, the principles. So does a bit of the credit goes to how this person was raised, 0 to 12? Almost everybody I meet that is willing to have a conversation about this, I always go to tell me your father, your, your, your relationship with your dad. I hate him. Really? What happened? He was never there. Okay. I mean, that's natural rage you're going to have. I can't tell you how often when I'm talking to someone, trans, gay, whatever it may be, yeah, my father's an asshole. My father's a this. Sometimes it's, I have a good relation with my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But sometimes it's not. Um, you know, th- th- this, th- you have to look at what caused this and see if any of it we can control. Mm-hmm. And then no matter how much of it we can control, some of it we just can't control. I agree. If, 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 if God gave us the free will to make the choices that we make, that means some of the choices we make are going to be horrible choices. This person made a horrible choice. Mm-hmm. You ruined six people's lives. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take for those people to stop mourning and recovering, especially never. the nine-year-olds? Are you kidding oh. me? Oh, that scar never. is permanent. Oh. Permanent that that takes place. It's not an impulse. It was a plan. Yeah, and 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 Pat, I respect. Again, I know people are going to be like, "Adam, we quit." Listen, at least the guy is giving us, give me an option, give me other things. Because we talked about Adam back in the day, bro, when it was like these terrorists that are doing stuff. Guess what? You do this. Just giving you a heads up. Your wife that you love, and your. I'm sorry when it comes. I mean, we went we went extreme. But um, Adam, when you were talking about putting the the you know, veterans or the ex-cops in, in schools, and you know what argument you're going to get. Do you know how expensive that's going to be? Okay, then guess what? Let's do a halt on the, what, $300 million we're sending to fucking Ukraine and put it into protecting our people, our kids, and our schools. Let's stop giving other people money and protect yeah. this war that's going you on. You can't put a price on saving our kids' That's lives. what I'm saying. Am there's I right, no price. How about, I mean, how about what are we war, talking about How about here? the war on crazy people shooting up schools Get no more money to, to anybody till we figure out that solution. So don't give me the, we don't got money to protect the kids bullshit argument. I hate that. When I hear that, it drives me bananas, okay? There's money, you just don't want to do it because their goal is to take away our guns anyways. You know, every, every American can engage on the uh, mental health crisis, and I'll, and I'll tell you how. I, I was listening to something, it was a quick summary. I understand psychologists and psych, uh, psychiatrists maybe listening will, will say you know, it's oversimplification. Uh, I'm not the expert, I'm repeating what I heard. And they said, look, there's, there's two major sides here. One side is true deep mental illness, uh, delusional episodes, schizophrenia, uh, drug addictions that bring across things. And, and you're on one side of the fence where it's real you know, mental illness and a huge challenge. On the other side of the fence, you have... Um, S-I-S-W, self-image, self-worth, and that brings depression. And you have a lot of that right now that's showing in the studies on social media about girls with this social media being an endless comparison playing field. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I didn't get as many likes. I guess I'm not as pretty. My um, the, the little uh, video I made wasn't yeah. as good. You know, I'm not as crazy. I'm not as cute. And so you have self-image, self-worth, and depression. That is the side that all Americans can work on, and it's called 
put the phone down and have conversations with kids. Um, I really admire Adam when he talks about his nephew and the things he does with his nephew, because that is an example. Uh, whenever I'm around uh, my friend's kids, I always do this silly little thing with handshakes because it puts value on a person and it puts recognition and you're looking into their eyes. But there's things all of us can do as Americans and it starts with putting the phone down and having face-to-face conversations with people because the mental health side of things, you know, you may be helping somebody on the self-image, self-worth side and these things that go to depression. Uh, If you go to the movies recently, uh, how many of us have seen it? Anybody seen the Dove commercial aimed at girls and social media and self-image, self-worth that, that they show before the movies. No, what? And they talk about, hey, put the phone down. You look good. She said, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And they're like, put the phone down. You're beautiful. Yeah. Right? And so you have Dove out there. They're trying to sell soap and they're trying to do it to be politically active and be on the right side of an argument. But there's a deep truth that goes in there. Um, and I think all of us can reach out from these digital relationships and, and be intentional about personal relationship and it's it's amazing that you say that tom because we just went full circle to when we started about uh social media apps like tiktok and everything and all that it's a war for the youth and driving like those type of people are losing their minds because they have no identity they don't know it's all a battle of who like me my video this this and that and it comes full circle to where we're, we're at a war and it's a it's like I said, it's not a ground war where they're shooting guns and everything. That's the war that they're doing. I, yeah, I heard it described as the endless comparison playing field, and the kids are trapped on it. Mm-hmm. How many likes did I get? Is my video as funny as theirs? Mm-hmm. All the things that go then, this endless comparison playing field, and nobody's, there's always going to be somebody more, something better, something there, and then you're going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. You're feel, well, I'm just not there, uh, and feel less about it. And it's it's all happening in the digital realm, not face to face. Tom, what page? What page is it? Go ahead, finish this. No, thought. I was just gonna finish this thought. Uh, my my biggest fear against is is just what's next. Do you do you recall when the Uvalde shooting was in uh, San Antonio area? A year. Do you, do you, when do you think yeah. that was? A year. A, a year ago this month. Yeah. Oh was wow, was it? May, yeah. It was May twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. So less so, than a year ago. Okay. So here's just some stats for you. There've been thirteen school shootings this year. That resulted in injuries or death. We're only three months into the year, guys. There have been 157 shootings since 2018. 51 school shootings with injuries and death last year, 2022. The most in a single year since Education Week began tracking such incidents in 2018. There were 35 incidents in 2021, 10 in 2020, and 24 each in 2019 and 2018. So they're going up. Um, It's... It, it's just so sad, and it's so tragic, and there's no price that you can put on protecting children's lives when they're in school, and Congress and, and senators and representatives and the president figure this shit out. I know. It's not that hard, but we, you know what I mean? If we could put shit on Mars and all these places, you can't figure Here's out. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If, if they can unite on TikTok, they can unite on this. So why don't you unite on this and see what you can do? You know the left is going to say, can we uh, do background checks? Can we do training? Can we do this? And the right's going to say, can we, instead of sending money to here, put some money into this? But they're going to have to go back and forth to figure this thing out. The question about will they eventually take the guns away in our lifetime, the answer is most likely no. But will some states? Yes. And what's going to happen to those states? They're going to lose people who feel more protected 
having guns and they're going to go to states that allow you to have guns and they're going to defend the Second Amendment and the same way where people left L.A., California, they left New York, they left Illinois to come to states like Florida, Texas, and some other states, it's the same way you're going to see people leaving. And a quiet state like Idaho is gradually going to grow and attract certain markets. There's going to be states like that that are have a higher freedom score, higher values and principle score, which we'll get into here in a minute of a Wall Street Journal article. They're going to attract those people. So I do and, think some states are going to go and, away and with it. Why is there no committee on this? I'm, I don't know if there is. I, I'm asking, why is there no committee on this? There There's, probably is. I would, I, I would say there probably is. And if there isn't, they... they but that's not President Adam. That's not... It's Ukraine is, no, is well, the more no, important situation like, right In the, the committees, there's bipartisan groups that come together. I mean, there's a January 6th committee. Yeah. Okay? How is there not a, a school shooting committee... Save the with, kids. With yeah. five Democrats, five Republicans. Figure this out. Let's get to the next story here. Again, our condolences goes out to those six families who had this event happen to them yesterday. No matter how much we talk about it, those guys are the ones that are having the biggest pain right now, having to explain this to your siblings of the nine-year-old of what just happened. This is not an easy situation for them. Uh, our uh, condolences goes out to those families. So next story. Cracker Barrel becomes latest company to flee Portland amid rising crime retail theft. Um, it is closing its final eateries in the Portland metro area, citing the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on its business. The closure are in... Beaverton, Tualatin, and Bend are effective March 20th. The spokesperson for Cracker Barrel said the pandemic had many had made it difficult to staff and profitably run the stores. Walmart announced it was closing all of its Portland stores in February, citing financial reasons. The CEO of Walmart had previously warned that stores would close if retail crime didn't subside. Crime and homelessness have been growing issues in Portland over the past couple of years. With over 2,600 downtown businesses failing, uh, filling a change of address with the U.S. Postal Service, a Nike store in Northeast Portland abruptly closed in November 2022, just a couple months ago. After a string of brazen shoplifting incidents, a real estate developer and lifelong Portland native, Dustin Michael Miller, said the city was out of control and unrecognizable. Tom, what do you have to say about the story? You wanted to defund the police. <laughs> you wanted to say that people are just acting out because of decades of um, you know discrimination you got it and this is the unintended consequences and so why don't we just substitute retail theft for excessive gun control and that is exactly what is happening in Oregon people are leaving and now the law-abiding citizens and the people that love Oregon like this guy here says it's out of control and unrecognizable. Unrecognizable means he recognizes a time when it was different, when it was a time for his family and what he was doing. But this is not going to stop. Defund the police. This is the polluted pond at the end. So now what do you do with the polluted pond? You go upstream, you see what polluted it. And the upstream problem was you allowed... What was the name of that little... They, they gave a name to the, uh, Rob, the downtown area. They called it the something. The, the Chaz the Chaz thing? Yeah, When the something. people took over the, the... Yeah, downtown Portland. Anyway, I want to say they, Chaz. They it, Chaz. I think it's called Yeah, Chaz. they called it something, mm -hmm. which yeah. was the... It's like an occupation of that, yeah, like a couple the, streets. Yeah, exactly. They called Chaz, called, yeah. This is our area. No cops will be allowed here. And this is yeah. what's going on here and Occupy Portland. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you got it. You got what you asked for. 
you know, and it's terrible. And look what's happened to the citizenry that was not behind that. You know, 100 percent of the people in Portland voters were not in favor of defund the police. They were not in favor of, you know, oh, just let the looters go. It's, you know, just sort of economic redistribution. Really? You, here's the outcome. Everything's closing. You, you have an uninhabitable city. Now what? Exactly. And the fact that they were blaming COVID, it's like, no, just just be honest and say, listen, we messed up. We supported the wrong policies. But you know what I love about this? What? Here's what I love about this. You know, uh, 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 18 years ago, I'm 25 years old. We're sitting in a room with a bunch of other guys who are around the same age, and we started at the same time with this insurance company. And everybody is bragging about the fact that one thing's bigger than the other. They're harder working. They're better leaders. They're better builders of leaders, all this other stuff, right? You know how the meeting ended? I said, we'll know in about 10 or 20 years. Oh, wow. And, and that's how this thing works. You realize one guy slowed down at a certain number. One guy, the attention got to his head. One guy was all about the girls. He was always distracted by the girls. The other guy was arrogance. The other guy was ethics. The other guy was a Christian guy who was very happy. He reached a number, and he was cool with it. He didn't want to keep continuing going. He was doing good for himself. No problem. But eventually, you learned who the real big thinker was. Time reveals a lot of things. Mm. Time reveals a good friendship. Time reveals a good relationship. Time reveals a good economy. Time reveals a bad policy. Time reveals a good politician. Time reveals a good administration. Time will reveal everything. It's either your best friend or your worst enemy. Nobody beats time. Nobody. Time is going to get you. If you do right, eventually the market's going to say, listen, man, whether you like this guy or not, we got to give him credit. When you were screaming off the top of your lungs how amazing your policies were about defunding the police like Tom said, guess what it's showing now? Ah, Not a good idea. Not a good idea. We're leaving you. When you were screaming about the fact that, hey, let's put double mask and all this stuff in the state of California. And do you remember when it was text people who are not wearing a mask or they're out there not respecting the, uh, what is it, the uh, uh, non-essential text. Mm -hmm. And we'll give you $200 if you can tell people who are out there snitching on them. Mm -hmm. That's Mayor Garcetti when they had the texting concept. Guess what? Yeah, people don't want that. They left. Bad policies eventually get exposed. You cannot fake bad policies. It's happening in San Francisco. Listen to this story with San Francisco. Tell me this makes any sense. So how many guys would like it if somebody in your community put up a free library for kids who can't afford to read books to go read books? And it's free. At their own cost. At their own cost. They're not even asking you to pay for anything with this, right? So this family in San Francisco, a couple... Decides to do this and watch what happens. It's page 15 store if you want to go to it. So San Francisco is forcing couple to remove sidewalk obstruction or pay $1,400 fine. It's a little free library, okay? And by the way, this story is by Insider. It's not even a story by Fox or anybody else. It's an Insider story on the left. The city of San Francisco has been cracking down on unpermitted objects that interfere with public ways, including a little free library owned by Susan and Joe Myers, 
who were threatened with a $1,402 fine if they did not remove it from the sidewalk in front of their house. The crackdown is part of the effort to remove decade-old awnings on businesses in Chinatown, benches uh, uh, constructed by residents and other unpermitted objects. The library is popular in the Myers neighborhood, and many residents staged a campaign to save it, resulting in the letters to the city from locals, including a young girl who begged, please do not destroy Joe and Susan's library. City officials have responded by saying they will do everything they can to make sure it stays in place. The Myers could have obtained a permit for $1,402 to keep their library, but they decided instead to work to change the system. As a result, city officials are considering cheaper permits around $5 for similar free libraries and benches. And this is in a city, San Francisco, which if you've been in San Francisco 20 years ago, Incredible city. Yeah. If you've been to San Francisco recently, it ain't the same San Francisco. And, and that's their fight. I'm sorry. That and so bad thing about it. the city is is gone to shit. Part of my French. And this is what you're worried about. This is what's pissing the people. Fourteen hundred bucks. <laughs> Leave them alone. They're you know how small do... that thing is? It's small. It's a little baby, little baby angel in the it's bottom. It's not in the way of people walking. Nothing. It's right next to. <laughs> but that's the fight, Pat. Pat, not the homeless guy doing crack and shooting up shit, and they're giving them drugs on the right. That is pissing people off. Well, now we know the uh, now we know how the math works in San Francisco. You want to put a free library up to actually help people in your neighborhood. Fourteen hundred and two dollars. Taking a dump on their front lawn is free, right? <laughs> so let's so let's go back and, and take a look. This is an example, you know, of you know a. a of a liberal city hall that's just oh, lost man. its freaking mind and it, it it is indefensible. Even the residents of San Francisco have to look up and say, wait, wait, what? I still have needles on the streets and you're still giving out bleach kits and uh, clean needles and you're giving these out because, oh, well, we don't want the addicts to get HIV. Well, no problem. That way he won't have HIV when he has a fentanyl overdose on Tuesday. Great. And you have all this stuff going on. Homelessness is a problem. And not just the homelessness, but the, the theft that goes with the homelessness and the disease and what's happening and the filth that's there that goes with the homelessness. Okay, so you're not doing anything about that. And by the way, to keep the police department from being overwhelmed, you know, petty theft at like 500 is uh, non-punishable. They don't even give you a jaywalking ticket. Nothing. And I think they raised it to 1000 Somebody send on the chat and call like me nine. out if that's not right. Yeah. But I think they raised that. So they did that so that they wouldn't be overwhelmed. So that basically what it tells thieves, you know, coach bag $3,000. No, 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 Louis Vuitton bag $3,000. Don't take that. Mm -hmm. Laptop, nine ninety nine. Perfect. Take you know, make sure that whatever you take is under the threshold so that, you know, you're, you're not going to be prosecuted. So the Liberal City Hall does this. And then suffers the embarrassment, and this is embarrassment from both sides of the aisle on a nationwide basis, that something good that somebody actually tried to do in the shadow of a city doing nothing gets penalized. No good deed goes unpunished in San Francisco. Yeah. I'll just say this. This, this is where I went. I just I wanted to see what the most You're liberal there? cities are and what the most conservative cities are. And it's not even close, like how much bigger the liberal cities are versus the most conservative cities. And And... and I just think it's one of those things where the bigger your city gets, the more people you have, the more population and the diverse opinions and the, and the diversity of racial equity, inclusion, all that kind of stuff like that, the more nonsensical uh, things tend to get because you're dealing with so many people and so many differences of opinions. And then you're trying to regulate and overregulate and the nonsense. And then you enter the, 
you know, like Tom's talking about, uh, defund the police and BLM, and you're dealing with so much stuff. So here's a list of the top 10 most liberal cities. Uh, San Francisco, number one by far. Two, D.C., hmm. Seattle, Oakland, Boston, Minneapolis, Detroit, New York City, Buffalo, New York, shockingly, Baltimore, Chicago, and then our friend Portland rounding out the top 12 right there. Then you have the most conservative cities. You got uh, nobody's living in these cities. Yeah. Jackson, Mississippi, the Woodlands, Texas, uh, some city in Idaho I can't even pronounce, Gainesville, Georgia, not even Gainesville, Florida, Provo, Utah, Fort Smith, Arkansas, Rapid City, South Dakota, Claremont, Florida. I've never heard of it, and I lived in Florida my whole life. Great Falls, Montana, Greenville, South Carolina. I'm just saying this. Yeah. These liberal cities, as nonsensical as they are, their job is so much harder than conservative cities because there's so many more people in these cities. So so here's a question you got to ask. Here's a question you got to ask. And and Adam, hear me out on when I ask this question for you. Mm -hmm. Every major city did it start conservative or did it start liberal let me ask it one more time every great country okay every great country every great city every great state did it start conservative or did it start liberal i would guess that it started a little bit more conservative every great company that was founded was it founded by a capitalist or a socialist capitalist Capitalist. Okay. Um, New York City, was it built by socialists or capitalists? Cap- Capitalism. Listen, capitalists build and create things. Socialists and liberals destroy them. It's that simple. So just because the city is big now, don't forget the people that built the city. The, the credit isn't who's running it today. Because what socialists are turned on by, the best example to give you a socialist is the following. You ready? Here's socialists, okay? You're in a world with a lot of girls. What happens if you bring a girl that you know she's a gold digger, who will she find? She'll find the dude with the money. She'll find the dude with the money. Yep. Will she ever do find the guy that dates the guy that doesn't have the money? Uh, based she, on gold digger principles 101 does she not give no. <laughs> shit what you look like she's solving for what the digging green. gold yeah. is what she's solving for right <laughs> she's solving for digging gold okay socialists are not gonna go to those cities those cities don't have money for them to dig mm-hmm. socialists go to big cities to dig gold aoc may be the biggest gold digger in all of america they're digging gold let me go take all the money from the people that built an incredible city like New York and see if I can destroy them and demonize them. So every time you give this argument about it is harder to manage a liberal city, no, no, no. Don't feel sorry for these guys. Let's not get sympathetic for Nancy Pelosi on how hard her job is. San Francisco was once an incredible city. Those bridges were not built by socialists, okay? That city that incredible all over the place you go to when you look at these, like, I, I cannot even believe a city like this exists, how beautiful it is, right? A capitalist, a conservative, build that city. And then eventually, a socialist, someone on the left, came and destroys the city. That's how cycles work. Companies are founded and built by capitalists. They're destroyed by socialist leaders within a company that want to please everybody. A company that's built at the beginning stages of it, they're built knowing they're going to offend some people. Then it's destroyed by a new leader that comes in that's afraid of offending the people that are not growing the company rather than being worried about the people that are growing the company. I did a video uh, uh, 
yesterday with Kai and uh, Brandon and Kelly and Mike, and we're sitting Mike. here, we're kind of going through it, and you know what this whole thing was about? Here's mm-hmm. what the videos was about. Um, and right after this, I want to go into this article because I don't want to do this without this, and I got Max 7 call. I want you to think about Adam in your life, Vinny, yes. Tom. Who gets the best out of you? Think about the people in your life that got the best out of you. Who got the best out of you? Think about names. I can give names. Who got the best out of you in your life? Who got the best out of you? Can you think of names? Give us some names. Yeah, like my, my mother. Okay, put my high your school mom. football. Who else? My who, high school football high coach. High school football coach. Give us his first name. Uh, Mike. Okay. <laughs> who else got the best out of you? Tom, who got the best out of you? Gary and Juan Hill. My okay. parents. Who else got the best out of you? Powerful. Who else got the best my brother. out of you? brother. Who else gets the best out of you? Rob, who gets the best out of you? In your life, who got the best out of you? My father. Okay. Who else gets the best out of you? In your life, friends, teachers, coaches, colleagues, who got the co-worker, best out of you? Yeah, co-workers, co-workers, friends. Who gets the best out of you? Driven bosses. Driven bosses. Who else gets the best out of you? Think about the names. You're going to place right now on who got the best out of you, mm-hmm. okay? Now, here's the thing. You ready for the flip side? This guy, uh, Trevor uh, Mawad, who was the coach, mental coach, for Russell Wilson. He met him in 2012, Trevor Mawad, okay? When he met him, he says, you're going to be great. Your mic's on, Rob. You're going to be great because I'm going to make you mentally great. For 12 years, this guy and him, uh, uh, not 12 years, till he died, they talked every single day. Russell Wilson said there was not a day that went by without me talking to this guy, and he wins a Super Bowl. This guy's mental coached. 12 different first-round draft picks, number one picks, I think. I think it's 12 or 14. It's a big number. If he can find his five key principles, he follows. Five key principles, he follows. Five key principles, he follows. And he's going through all this stuff that he's developing. Russell Wilson wins. Russell Wilson just had his worst career, worst season of his career last year, right? He's been on a downslope. You know when this guy died? 2021. What? Yeah. There's five things he talks about. Number, number one, he talks about uh, uh, go neutral no matter what happens in your life. Try to stay neutral. Stop giving credence to feelings. That's exactly what they are. They come and go. Use what you have. Don't be like, I'm not as tall as that guy. I'm not going to use what you got. Don't compare yourself. Number four, focus on reducing negativity, not increasing positivity. And number five, watch your language on how you talk to each other as a teammate. Okay, stay on number four. So remember how I asked you the question about who gets the best out of you? Now watch this. Let me flip it on you. Let me flip it on you. Who do you know in your life that gets the worst out of you? People that somehow, someway got the worst out of you. You had an idea. It was a great idea. They always shut down the idea. Hmm. You're like, I don't want to share ideas with this guy, okay? Who got the worst out of you? Who always compared you? Who always said, why can't you be like Mary's husband? Why can't you be like such and such as boyfriend? Why can't you be like such and such as son? Who gets the worst at it? Same type of people. No, right? not necessarily. It's different people. So here's, here's how life is. Sometimes we think it's better to get more of the people that get the best out of us. But what Trevor talks about, the battle is to eliminate the people that get the worst out of you. It is more effective to eliminate the people that get worst out of you than to increase the number of people that get the best out of you, yet still keep those people that get the worst out of you in your life. Hmm. What's the moral of the story here? Hey, those people that get the best out of the people in that city built these incredible cities. Those people that get the worst out of people destroyed these same cities. 
So these same cities that started off as capitalist conservatives found what is conservative, by the way? Conservative means what? It just means fiscally responsible, get to work, be responsible, do your part, carry your own way, take care of your family. Why are your kids doing this, Adam? Take care of your kids. Vinny, pay your bills, man. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that, Patrick? Do your thing. Conservatives, do your Hold part. You accountable. Right? Right? Yeah. It's yeah. accountability. Mm-hmm. That's how great companies and great cities are, born, uh, are built and destroyed by the rest. Watch this article by Wall Street Journal, by the way, if we can pull this up. These stats are going to shock you. America pulls back from values that once defined it. Okay, This is a Wall Street Journal NORC poll finds. Okay, A new Wall Street Journal poll finds that American priorities have helped define a national character for generations such as patriotism, religion, having children, and involvement in the community are receding in importance, money is the only priority that has grown in importance in the past quarter century. Younger Americans in particular uh, place low importance on these values, many of which were central to the lives of their parents. Only 23% of adults under age of 30 uh, said that having children was very important. you got to see these numbers. Show the, uh, show the charts that you have. Take a look at this. Look at this one here, Vinny. Percent who say that these values are very important to them. Patriotism. 1998, 70%. That's only 25 years ago. Holy shit. Today, 38%. Religion was 62%. 39%. Who was talking about God? <laughs> Having children was 59%, double. 25 years ago, it's 30. People don't want to have kids today. Community involvement went from 47 to 62, down to 27. Money went from 31 to 41 to 43. If you go a little lower, look at these other numbers that it has with religion. Uh, if you keep going lower, there's, there, there's a few other charts. Uh, okay, zoom in on this one here so we can see. So Zoom in so we can read what it says at the top as well. Zoom out a little bit, a little bit more. Go a little lower so you can have. There you go. Percent who say these values are very important to them, personally shown amongst the youngest and oldest age groups. Patriotism, 36%. Having children, age group. Look at the age group. Wow. Religion, hard work. Go to the bottom now. Hard work, the only people that believe in that is what? Above 62 years old, okay? Go, go lower. There's another chart that they have, I believe, that talks about, you know, uh, 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 read the, the people who say these values are very important to them. Democrats, look at patriotism. Wow. Independence, look at Republicans. 59%. Republicans are more patriot. By 36%, this is Wall Street Journal talking. Religion, Democrats, 27%. Republicans, 2X, having children, 26, 20, 38. Community involvement, 32, 23. Democrats have the highest one with that one, community involvement. Money, Democrats and Republicans are tied for money. It's the one area they agree with. But not where where we get it. They want to be given, we want to earn it. And Pat, what do you, so what do you, let me me read the last one, and then I want to get your thoughts. Okay. For each of the following, has our society gone too far? To, uh, not gone far enough, or is it about right? Shown by percentage who say too far. Democrats, accepting people who are transgender. Okay, look at that. 60-point spread. Look wow. at the spread there, Adam. I don't know if you're looking at it. Yeah, it's 15% Dems versus 75% Republicans. Holy Schools and universities taking steps to promote racial and ethnic diversity. 6% to 50. Look at the... Look how wider what? the wings, how much we have divided. Accepting people who are gay, lesbian and bisexual, 7 
31% is the people that are in the middle, reasonable ones. Look at Democrats and independents. What? 731.52. Businesses taking steps to promote racial ethnicity. 729.52. Promoting equality between men and women. 2%. But you would think the Republic- Democrats were doing it. That's weird. No, no. It's, it's the opposite of what you're yeah, thinking. Yeah. It's the opposite of what you're thinking. So it, when you look at data like this, what, what do you think about, Tom, when you see this? We're in a divided America, number one is what I think. And number two, and I may not win any friends on this, but I got to be part of carrying the mantle because the values that made America great, that built America, still are necessary. We need people that are unapologetically capitalists and entrepreneurs to build the jobs and the tools and industry of tomorrow. We need that. And along the way, we need to be, you know what, you know we need to be neighborly and we need to serve in our communities. And you look at this, someone has to carry the mantle for the things that truly built wonderful communities and companies. Well, Pat, here's my question though, to, to all of you, Tom, uh, and you too, Pat and Adam, what, 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 what made this shift? What from all, what it was like, that was 25 years, Pat, what something's happening, Tom, where all those values, all the community, all the, you know, Doing, being held accountable, it's shifted. I've been, I've. I may have an opinion on this. What do you think? Uh, I, I think we've, you know, you can go back and look at just the last. Look, it was twenty-five year spread, right? Mm-hmm. And just look at the the last sixteen years of uh, presidents, and and see what's happened. Uh, we've been, I think, in many ways. It's each person's responsibility for where they are and what they say and what they do. But I I think we've been led into um, discord and we've been led, you know, by our leadership and the way political campaigns come out. And we've been led into this this great divide. Well, let's go to 98. So who was president in 98? Was it Clinton? Clinton. Okay. So Clinton goes to Bush. Goes to go back to the polls again if you can show it. Go back to the polls again. Uh, uh, go back to the polls. Okay, so check this out. Check this out. Seven from 1998 to 2019 is how long? 19 years. 20, uh, yeah. 20, from 19, 2019 to 2023 is the big drop off. Okay, look at the drop off uh, here. On that's, which sector? If patriotism. patriotism. If you look at patriotism, from 70 to 61, that's 19 years. So meaning, we had a drop off after. Clinton after Bush after Obama, at 100% we had a drop off. Okay, but from Trump to Biden, this is the lowest we've ever had. Look at the patriotism on how low it is in America today. Mm-hmm. Religion from 62 to 48, it's a big drop off. 62 to 48 to 39. Go to the next one, having um, children 59. That's a massive drop off of 16 points. So the credit for that goes to. Uh, Bush and Obama, 59 to 43, now 30. Mm-hmm. Community involvement, 47 to uh, 62 to 27. May I? Is yes. the 62 2019? 2019. So you lock us all up inside. Yeah. You federally tell us we have to get inside and we can't work and can't help with each other, and this happens. Yep. I'm so surprised. Yeah. yeah weird. So, but, but the moral of the story here is these are, these are values and principles of what others think about America. Okay, these are basic values and principles of what others think about America. For me, the biggest factor, Tom, if you ask me, is the following. 
I was at a, a, a church this week, and it's a big church here in Fort Lauderdale. So I was there, and people pulled up, and they, they come and they talk, and we have great conversations together. You know what the biggest thing was? Mm. How many people would say, Patrick, you're a Christian? I thought you were a Jew. <laughs> really? I said, so really? So yeah, I, I, no, this entire time I've been following your content, I thought you were a Jew. I didn't well, know South you. Florida, Bet David. Yeah. Might have oh, okay. Like my, my cousin's David. last name is yeah. David. Too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I thought you were a Jew. I said, no, I'm, I'm a Christian. So I'm so happy you come into a church like this, et cetera. So I said, yeah, it's great. I said, you know, one of the biggest things right now that um, I can't, you know, people sit there, oh, let me tell you, this person won because of that, and that person won because of that. I don't know why other people won. I can tell you what I won. At 44 years old today, uh, I had a, 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 a something interesting happen to me this weekend. Not good, tough, but something happened this weekend to me. Okay. And it's not a, it's not a big deal. It's not something I want anybody to worry about health or anything like that. But it's something that it was it was annoying. What happened this weekend? And I'm sitting there talking to Jen, and we're talking, we're going back and forth, we're having a great conversation together. And I said, you know. What this makes me realize, I can't understand people who are willing to risk life living without God. Hmm. I, I, I can't understand that life. Because to live a life without God, you think you know it all. I don't think I know it all. To live like with life without God, you think you can do it all on your own. I can't do it all on my own. To live a life without God is saying you have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I need help in raising of my kids with good people around me as well because I only have a certain amount of hours with them every day. They go to school. Mm-hmm. To, to live a life today without God, man upstairs, prayer, a community you're a part of, if there's ever been a time in our lifetime, at least you know in the last however many years, to risk living life without God, this is by far the worst season to do that. I agree. Take any risk you want to take. Do not take the risk today of living without God, okay? And, and, and by the way, this isn't the debate. We can have the debate conversation, no problem. We can have the uh, 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 debate conversation of Christianity or, you know, seven-day or LDS or Jew or, you know, Muslim or, you know, Buddha. We can have that debate, no problem, okay? But I'm telling you right now, the debate you don't want to have is living life without believing there is a God, and you end up being wrong, and there isn't, which there is a risk, but the risk of living life saying there's not a God, and then all of a sudden there is, and you know you could have had a source to help you through some of the times that you are by yourself. If kids know today, listen, mommy's not going to be there. Daddy's not going to be there. But if you're ever alone, God's there with you. Powerful. What do you think that does to a kid? Help. Think about a kid today that's like, nobody's there with me. My dad's not here. My mom's not here. But you know what, God? I think you're there because I was told you're there. Whether it's true or not, what is that kid going to go through during that season? Mm -hmm. We all go through certain seasons. We can all look nice and polished today. Man, think about the season that you were not polished. How how did you make it through that? What if you did something stupid during that time? We don't know about your story. Many of us could have done something stupid to not be here right now. So what this validates to me when you look at these types of numbers is division is the lack of love for America. When I talk about how great of a country America, the concepts that it was founded on, I can't tell you how many people say, you know, I can't believe you're saying that and all this other stuff. Man, I'm, I'm a patriot and I'm from Iran and I love what America was founded on. 
What America was founded on, I love what America was founded on. It changed my life. An average, regular guy like me, there's nothing special about me. Trust me. Don't let me fool you. There's nothing special about this guy. Regular guy I was. High school, junior high school, you will never find a report card that you can say, bingo, figure this guy out. He was very smart. He was the captain of the football team. Nothing. Never played organized sports. Never had any kind of 2.8, 3.0 GP. I don't even know what the, the what is the class you take that's above the other honors, stuff. That, AP. I don't, I've never <laughs> taken an honors. I've never taken any of that stuff. You know, you talk magnets, stuff like that. We were more repellents more than magnets. We were not the kids that you would sit there and say, these guys are going to do anything. This guy went to the Army thinking my plan was 20 years, and I was going to retire six years ago. Nobody would have known me. Mm-hmm. I told Dylan this the other day on, on the importance of God. I said, you realize if God wasn't in my life, you and I would have never met. Wow. I said, can you imagine if you and I never meet? How cool is it that we know each other? God did that. To your son. I told this to Dylan, <laughs> and he looks at he me. He probably was said, like, what? You don't even know what that look to each other was like. And the hug, man. It's like, man, I'm so glad we met. I can't imagine living life without ever meeting Dylan. Man, God is so freaking good to us. Sometimes we got to take a moment. Uh, we got to take a moment and just be grateful and take us back to uh, uh, not solving for perfection, not solving for any of that stuff, solving for why this place has 40 plus million people of immigrants that chose to come here. And our family, our parents, our grandparents didn't say, let's go to Russia, didn't say, let's go to Iran, didn't say, let's go to China, didn't say, let's go to Cuba, didn't say, let's go to Venezuela, but they said, let's go to America. There's a reason for that. And we have to fight for it. We have to sell it. We have to explain it. And we have to encourage others to buy into it. My Tico yesterday finished Atlas Shrug. He finished it on Saturday in six Six days. days. It's a 1,069-page book. Somebody commented on the bottom, and she said, I can't believe you had the, that's torture for a kid to make him read it. I said, first of all, the kid wasn't required to read it. He, he did it by himself. It. But I said, I said, I said, I, if, if, if it's up to me, I'm going to read you exactly what I told this lady. I said, if I have to choose between me brainwashing my kid into thinking for himself or allowing society to brainwash him to think he's a victim, I'm going to do my part. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my part. So. Anyways, what a podcast, man. That article really got to me when I saw oh this article God. here. Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to go read that article and talk amongst your family and your friends and your peers. Anyways, good podcast today. Um, yes, Tom. And by the way, we're all about education. We're all about the open debate. And we're all about edifying entrepreneurs, right? And we've got an event that's coming that's part of value <laughs> That's important. What is this? SLS. Oh, we got SLS coming up. Sales Leadership Seminar. We do this once a year. It is going to be April, I think, 24th at the Boker Resort. It's limited to only 250 people. Uh, uh, I want to, This is the one that uh, it's, you, have to, you have to have a minimum of a million dollars of top-line revenue and netting a quarter million to qualify for it. If that's you, uh, you can, uh, you can uh, put a link below to the event to, uh, to have somebody get a hold of them. If you can do that, SLS, put that link in the description. But you have to have a top-line revenue of a million dollars. Netting a quarter million, leading five salespeople. If that's you, this will be a very good conference for you. It's myself and it's very intense. It's very direct. It's not for everybody. But if you're somebody that qualifies for this, I highly recommend you come spend these two days with us at the Boca Resort. And, so, and I'm, Tom has his podcast. Adam has his podcast. I, tomorrow, am starting my 
Vincent O'Shana show, which is like variety, comedy. It's just, I don't even want to call it a podcast, Pat. It's going to be something. I hear with a couple of our new guys that I had lunch with the other day that I'm excited about. Some it's new stars. It's, yeah? it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Like I'm going to be it. using it and help people. It's going to be great. It's a break from the seriousness. I love it. Awesome. Okay, guys, have a good one. Hey, are we doing a podcast this week on Thursday, Rob? Yes, I believe so. Okay, sounds good. We'll do it again this Thursday podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye.